You know, I've been doing this for about three years now, and I have to say that last night was one of the most fun nights I've had in the entire pinball hobby. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, a lot about that, on episode 365 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. That is right. You could now listen to an episode every day for an entire year. Now, that might terrify some of you. It might excite some of you. But if you've just caught on to this show, like if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, you can go back and catch up over an entire year. But I want to thank all of you out there who tune into the show, who have done it since day one, those of you who join later on in the show, those of you who hate the show, those of you who love the show, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in every week and listening to me ramble on about my thoughts about the pinball hobby. Now, what happened last night? Amazing, amazing night. If those of you who were there, I think you were part of a very special pinball streaming night. So Ken, Bill, and Steve, um, Ken and Bill from Special When Lit, they were on their weekly flipping out sort of stream on Twitch, which is Zach Menny's uh, pinball distribution company. He has a great streaming channel on, on Twitch. And so here's what happened. They were streaming Willy Wonka, and then for like an hour, there were a bunch of us in there watching them stream, asking questions, and then Jersey Jack himself dialed into the show and hung out with everybody for what seemed like over an hour and just answered everybody's questions about the game. He didn't hold back. He gave us he gave us a lot of information about Wonka, about some Pirates of the Caribbean news, and some other news regarding Jersey Jack Pinball. And, and the reason why I think it was a special night is you know that this hobby always boils down to one thing. It boils down to one thing, the people. And it's fun hanging out with people and geeking out over pinball. You know, I've always said this. I, I think pinball is really fun to play. But without the people, this hobby would be boring, right? If you just had a game in your apartment and you just played by yourself and that's all it was, right? And you didn't have the ability to go online and chat with people about pinball, it would be boring. If you didn't have friends who wanted to come over and play with you, it would be boring. It's just a static toy. And yeah, you bring it to life by playing it. But it's the other people in the hobby that really make it fun to be part of the pinball community. And so it was like a, a sort of like an amalgamation, a, a gathering together of a lot of different personalities, a lot of you from Pinside, a lot of you outspoken gentlemen out there. Uh, and we were going back and forth. It gets sarcastic. Sometimes it feels like it starts to get a little personal, but it's never really personal. And I think it was great. So here, here's the big takeaway for you who weren't a part of it. You can watch it on YouTube. I think I think Flippin' Out uploads it to their YouTube channel. Uh, but here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Willy Wonka, and I want to talk about what we learned with Willy Wonka from Jersey Jack Pinball last night. Okay, so we learned the following. They asked Jack straight up, what are the deal with the assets in the game? Like, what are what's the deal with the video and the audio in the game, are we going to see synchronized voice actors uh, you know, occurring during their video sequences? Now, here's what I want to say. You know, Jack gives answers that sometimes make you wonder, like, what exactly is the answer? So he said there is lots of video and sound synced up in the game. So he gave that answer. If you go watch it, he says that specifically. 
He then also said something that really, really was interesting when he did it because you could just see the look on Bill, Ken, and Steve's faces when he said this. But Jack said, and I, and I quote, paraphrase maybe a little bit, but he basically said the game is done, that this game is done. And, and I think what he meant by that, because then he went back later on and said, well, you know, have we ever, you know, just finished a game and that's it when we've shipped it? Or have we continued to polish a game over time? And we all know the answer to that, that Jersey Jack doesn't just, you know, ship a game, finish code, and we're never going to see more in the game. But I guess here's what I want to talk about when I talk about this. I just want to say right now that it's pointless. It is pointless beating a dead horse over the issues with the assets in this game. And I came to this realization last night, and I think all of you out there should also come to this realization. This game is pretty far along. If you enjoy it the way it is now, and this game is a game that excites you, it's a theme that you're uh, you know, into, that you love a lot, if it's a game that you enjoy shooting, go buy it if you enjoy it that much. I think that's the only thing you can do is jump on this game and see if it's a game for you. If you love Willy Wonka and you wanted a game in which you progress through the chocolate factory, in which you hear all the songs from the movie, in which the musical of Willy Wonka, the film, comes to life in the pinball machine in, in a more mode-based way, this is never going to be the game for you. And, and I think that's just where we're at. You just have to make up your mind on whether or not this game and its approach delivers to you what you want from a pinball experience. And there's a lot going on in this game. From toys, from mechs, from sounds, from lights, from shot, from geometries. You know, there's all these things going on in the game from the LCD. So all you can do, and if I've learned anything after 365 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast, all you can do is decide whether or not it's the right game for you. You know, people will ask me, well, are you still in on the collector's edition? And, you know, as if that matters on whether or not you'll like the game, but I think it does matter to people out there who do value my opinion and want to know what, what am I going to do? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is right now, the way the game currently stands, the way the code is in the game, I am not as excited about Willy Wonka the way I was when I first flipped it because I thought the code would go in a different direction. And you know me, I like story narrative driven pinball machines. I like to feel like I'm progressing through a narrative and I don't get that sense when I watch the stream of Willy Wonka. But here's my dilemma, okay? Because Brenda loves the theme. And Brenda said she really wants to try and play it again. So if Brenda loves this game, uh, we're going to get a Willy Wonka because uh, happy wife, happy life. Uh, but I also want, you know, I want there to be a mixture of games. And I think the reason why Brenda really liked Willy Wonka, it's really easy. Two things. It's easy to understand and jump into the game. It's also easy to hit some of the shots that are really rewarding. You know, it's harder for people who are casual players to enjoy some of these games that require too much precision or the games are very clunky. And Wonka shoots so nice. Whether you're a great player or, or a new, new player to pinball, it, it shoots buttery smooth. 
Uh, and also the ball times are not that long. So you're not like standing there watching someone play for a really long time. Now, I will say when I watch the stream, I still can't help but like, I can't help but think like, what, what are we actually doing in this game? Like what, what is happening? Like what, what's the objective? I mean, they, they were playing last night and I will say uh, nothing got spoiled last night because Ken, Bill and Steve, uh, they, they were putting up some pretty brutal games. They weren't really going deep into the game itself. Um, so that is a, a big update that this is kind of how the game is going to be. Don't expect it to have any radical changes. So I don't think you're going to see like Veruca Salt singing. I don't think you're going to see, you know, the, the scenes from each room come to life with the voice actors talking. And even if it's not the songs, I, you know, there's just, there's not going to be that. There's not going to be any of that sort of, uh, you know, scenes from the movie coming out in the pinball machine. Now I saw people on the, the, uh, the Twitch stream last night saying stuff like, oh, you know, it's not... It's not a big deal. Like you play the game, you don't watch the clips. And I don't know. I, I disagree. Uh, imagine a game like Batman 66 and remove all the clips from that game. And then what do you have? Uh, I, I think it is a big deal. And I think in pinball, uh, here's where we're at. It's really hard apparently to get the licensing agreement in place to get the right assets to then be able to use all of the things you would want to have in the pinball game. And I could go two ways on this, right? I could complain about this or I could just accept it for that's just the way it is. And that is just the way it is. The, the apparently, if you want more, you got to pay more. And I had a great conversation with a gentleman last night, and we were going back and forth on the thread, and it seemed like it was getting a little heated. He called in to the show, which is also a great part of what they do. After they stream, they have a call-in period in which you can call in live and talk to them, and it's on Twitch. It's awesome. I freaking love it. It's so much more fun and productive uh, and engaging than pinside bickering or, or just you know listening to a podcast, but it's, it's like real time. Um, this gentleman, uh, Jobber, his name, Jobber, I don't know how to say the last part, but let's just say Jobber Aruge. Um, we were going back and forth and he actually worked in licensing and was, and was, you know, giving me a lot of insights after I was like jabbing at him. Like, that's not how the contracts were back when Wonka was made. But the truth is he's right. You know, the, it's expensive. You just can't get all the rights and the assets to these films unless you pony up the dollars. Now, here's the thing none of us know. None of us know actually how much it would have cost for them to get all the stuff that you would want in the game. Um, and they have to, you know, they have to do a balancing act of how much can I put in a game? Uh, how much do I, how many games do I expect to sell? So for example, if it was $500,000 to get all the songs in the game that you want and all the voice clips synced up with the video, maybe, let's say it's half a million dollars more. If they're anticipating to sell 5,000 Willy Wonkas, then that's only $100 per game. Now, my, my whole thing is this, and this is just how I would always do it. I would put everything that I know people would want in a game. I, I know it's easy to say this because I'm not running a business, but almost irregardless of cost, and then I would cost the game what it needs to be or price it what it needs to be because I think I would sell way more if it gave everybody what they wanted. Because I think when you remove those things and they're not in there, hello, like no, uh, no Ripley and Alien, right? When you remove those things, I think you lose a lot of customers. And I also think you lose a lot of customers silently. 
I don't think they're going to say this is why, that's why I'm out. I think so many people who buy pinball games, uh, the diehards, the enthusiasts, you know, they sometimes out of respect for the manufacturer, they're not going to actually tell you that they bailed, but they might bail because deep down inside, what they really wanted was like Ripley and Alien, right? What they really wanted were the voice actors from the Guardians movie, not like sound alikes. What they really wanted uh, were the musical songs from Willy Wonka. So, you know, that's what we learned yesterday. Okay, so another thing we learned, all right? So this is it. I would jump on the gameplay. Another thing we learned is that Pirates of the Caribbean will not be remade this year, okay? Not coming out again anytime this year. So Jack did not rule out. In fact, he kind of said they're going to remake it one day. He said, what's the next letter after Q? And it's like, R, right? Uh, so the reality is Pirates parts need to be ordered for them to rerun it. It takes about six months to order all those parts and get them in. Whether or not Jersey Jack has ordered those parts uh, is up for debate. Nobody really knows. It'd be stupid for Jack to start talking about pirates. I mean, even when people ask, I get people are loving the game, but he's, his focus is on Wonka. His focus is on selling the game that's on the line now. And here's the other bit of news that's, that's exciting. The LEs of Wonka are on the line now. So if you have an LE of Wonka, an early LE, you're about to get your game soon. You know, the only big difference really is, is the artwork on the cabinet and then you get the Wonkavator. The Wonkavator multiball that carries over to the next game. I have to say this. I have to say this. I can't really understand all the talk about the Wonkavator. I'll tell you why. I, I rarely see it in action in a game. And this whole carrying over of multiballs to the next game, uh, it seems, to me, the Wonkavator seems a lot like the Hyperloop in Star Wars. It's not utilized enough. It's not easy enough to lock balls in that Wonkavator. Um, for something to make more of an impact, I think you need to see it implemented more frequently. And that always frustrates me in pinball when you have something that's supposed to be a somewhat impactful thing in the game, but then you make it really, really difficult to engage it and be a part of the experience. Because the Wonkavator is cool. It takes up all that real estate in the upper left. Uh, and I, if you're making a game, for casual people on location, I don't think you make that Wonkavator so difficult uh, to be a part of the experience. Nothing kills me more than I've played Star Wars so many times on location, uh, so many times at Sunshine, and I rarely ever even see the Hyperloop in action. And, and, and it's like, it's there. It's like, this, it takes up all the real estate. It's like the thing you want to see happen, but yet it never happens. So, so bad, so bad to make it like that. Like every game, if you play five games of a pinball machine in a row, you should see everything somewhat uh, going on and activated in the game, or else I think it's a missed opportunity. Okay, so uh, so we know that you know Pirates is not coming back this year. He wants you to focus on on Wonka. Here's the other big news: when asked directly, will we see another Jersey Jack game this year? His answer was yes, you will. Holy cow! Do you know where the F you are? You're in the jungle, baby. Wake up. Time to die. Right? So we're going to see Guns N' Roses uh, sometime this year. And that is most likely going to be around October, November. Right? Because if you're going to show a game and, you know, Jersey Jack has got it down now where they can show a game and ship a game uh, within a couple months of reveal, it makes total sense to show GNR sometime in the fall to get people their games by the holidays. Lots of debate 
I had with people around Guns N' Roses and their popularity and how well the pin would do. Uh, I don't know, man. I I love Guns N' Roses. I, I think a lot of people do. And I also think Guns N' Roses, you know, the old pinball machine from Daddy East was incredible. But imagine a modern GNR with modern sound. Uh, the one thing I hope, the one thing I hope, I really hope this more than anything, I don't want to see like, old chubby Sam Kinison Axe Rose on the machine. I don't want to see like current Guns N' Roses because as much as I love GNR, you know, Axel has not taken care of himself. He has not aged well. He looks like, you know, someone said like the mom from Goonies, which is kind of true. And, you know, it's just not, that's not the Guns N' Roses that I want to be immortalized on a pinball machine. It's just not. I heard it has like 22 songs, which is cool. You know, Guns N' Roses library is amazing. I mean, for those of you out there, I mean, there's there's no there's no way uh, people are not going to enjoy flipping the kind of, you know, Guns N' Roses. It's that high energy music that's perfect for pin. I also hope they have an unreleased track only in the pinball machine the way we got it back in the day. Remember, there's a song called Ain't Going Down that never was released by Guns N' Roses. The only place on the planet you could hear it was in the pinball machine. I doubt we'll see it. Because no way Axel gives Slash permission to use one of his unreleased Chinese democracy songs. All right. But maybe they do Crash Diet, which is a really amazing song. Just just YouTube, Guns N' Roses' Crash Diet. Uh, a great song from back in the day they never officially released. Okay. So, Guns N' Roses. All right. So, we know that. All right. So, it was like really awesome that Jack came in and talked with the fans for such a long period of time. And that leads me to another point about... You know, ultimately, look, we could look at everything and, and complain about like what's not in a pinball game. Or we could look at the amount of pinball games that are available in 2019 and just be thankful that we have all this stuff out there for, for us, the buyer, to choose from. And, you know, look, it, it, it weighs you down. It, it gets stressful. It gets uh, annoying to always cling to the negative side of the hobby. Now, I do believe games could improve. I do believe pinball magic uh, isn't found very frequently. I do think that all games are fun. I think the whole thing, well, it's fun. Like, I th always think that's a fallback excuse. And, and I'll tell you why. Because all pinball is fun. It is. It, you could have fun flipping Team Pinball's The Mafia. You could. It's, it, it's all about how you approach it, right? Uh, it's never been about like whether or not pinball is fun or not for me. It's always been about like whether or not the magic and this game is, you know, there's one word that I think equals a magical pinball game. And and I got to give credit where credit's due. Mr. Uh, Rare Hero, Greg, Greg Colton always tells me this. He's like, what really separates, you know, just a fun pinball game from one that's a classic is there is an orchestration happening. That everything comes together beautifully. And it's a dance. It is a dance between the code, between the lights, between the shots, between the music, between the callouts. I mean, it's really, really hard. And it, it seems easy as a, as a spectator, as a buyer, being like, well, why couldn't they just like pour over this into this? Sometimes when I play Batman 66, I am just floored and blown away by the amount of work it must have taken Lyman Sheets to do everything that's happening in that game. I mean, just play Batman for five minutes and look at the way all of the clips, the shots, the sounds, the callouts, all of it connects. It connects in a way that works. It doesn't feel disjointed. It doesn't feel like slapped together. 
It's just a beautiful orchestra. And Lyman Sheets is probably the greatest conductor in the history of pinball. He is. He's the greatest conductor in the history of pinball. And he knows how to design an experience that is unforgettable. And I think as we look at Jersey Jack and as we look at Deep Root and we look at Stern and we look at Spooky, you know, we, we, we so often fall back on critiquing uh, stuff like art and stuff like, you know, shot geometry and everything else. But ultimately, you know, for a game to become a classic, a classic, it needs to be orchestrated properly. And, you know, very few games do that. But, it's, but that's why we love this hobby because we're always hoping that the next game is going to be the one that puts all the pieces together the way we want to see the pieces put together. And I love pinball because of that. And nothing's ever going to be perfect, right? And that's why we're still in it, right? Because if, 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 if there were like 10 perfect games in a row, there'd be no need for more. And so it is almost pinball's imperfections that drives the conversation. You know, it's almost pinball's, you know, misses or near, near perfect shots that always keep us sort of like hoping and praying that someone, uh, you know, around the corner will figure it out, right? So I just want to say thank you to Jack. Thank you to Ken, Bill, and Steve. Uh, thank, you, thank you to all those who contributed to that stream last night. And thank you to Zach, to Penn Stadium. I mean, it was like an awesome, awesome night. And, and I'll say, you know, it's, it's great to have fun like that. I'm probably going to get killed by Brenda a little bit because I said, I'm only going to watch for 30 minutes. And it was like three hours later, I'm still, you know, engaged with, with this audience and this community. It almost made me feel like I don't really need to go to a pinball show to like have three hours of amazing banter with you guys. Um, you know, so look, great night. I think you need to jump on a Wonka. It's done-ish. It's done-ish. I'll call that this episode that. That Wonka is done-ish. There might be more to come. All right, what else is going on? So how do I think Wonka is going to sell? I think it'll be fine. Again, I think most people who buy these things are not looking at these things under a magnifying glass the way so many of us are, okay? Now, I was looking around on Pinside. I'm like, what else is going on? Like, what are people talking about? And then I saw the, the Deep Root thread. And it seems like there was a Deep Root article that went up on This Week in Pinball, and now it's down, and Jeff is having complications. Oh, something I haven't talked about was, was Jeff lied to by Jersey Jack Pinball? If you've been following this story, Jeff asked Jack straight up, are Willy Wonka's on the line? And Jack did not tell him yes. So Jeff kept reporting that Willy Wonka is not on the line uh, and that Jack told him they were not on the line. Last night, Jack said, well, Willy Wonka is coming out like by summer, so you figure it out. I don't know which is which. Look, I've implored Jeff, don't take it personally. Lying to the pinball media is not a crime against humanity. Uh, Jack was probably just trying to surprise everybody. Yes, he easily could have said no comment. He didn't have to maybe spin and make Jeff feel like he was getting a mistruth. And if that is the case, I think it's unfortunate. But let's just bury that hatchet and move on because it, it's not a big deal. It really isn't a big deal. And Jeff, you know I love you, brother. Um, and I always tell this to Jeff, our credibility as pinball journalists, it's kind of a funny thing. It doesn't really matter. I mean, we're, we're right sometimes, we're wrong sometimes. It's, who cares? Like, I always say that, like, who cares? Who cares if, like, we, we report on something and it's accurate? Who, who cares if we report on something and it's not accurate? None of these pinball companies are publicly traded. 
manufacturers do not give us a lot of early access to stuff. Uh, and we are not treated like normal journalists would be treated in other industries, okay? And I'm okay with that. They know that we're just doing this for entertainment value. It's not a serious topic that needs to be approached with any real serious journalistic integrity. It's not. It's pinball. Come on. Come on, people. Anyway, um, but I've been reading the Deep Root thread. And there was a TWIP article about Deep Root that seemingly is now down. It's somewhere lost. I think Jeff is working on the site. I know the site was crashing when I was trying to go on it a few days ago, but it's back up again. Uh, but there's more and more conversation about Deep Root. Now, look, Deep Root's time is running out to make a big impact. And by that, I don't mean like running out, running out. I mean, they're just they're 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 running into when they have to show the game. Uh, they're showing it in Houston and it's just a few months away. Right. What seemed like years ago in which they announced their plans to take over the pinball world last year at expo I remember a year ago at expo they told us this year they'd ship more games than any manufacturer in the history uh and to people out there who have followed the whole j-pop scandal uh, this whole thing has looked eerily familiar to all the other pinball failures that have taken place now we're not i'm not saying deep roots gonna fail uh but they did everything a little backwards in terms of you talk first you show artwork you tell people what you're going to do before you actually do it. What was the point of all that? Like, what was the point of like quad manufacturing, octo manufacturing? We're going to make more games than Stern. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to, 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 right? It just gets old. Like, just do it. Like, just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. You know, people respect those who do more and say less. And that is why I think people look at Deep Root with a little bit of like an eye roll and then I'm in the thread and it's like Ben Heck says something and then Robert Mueller like is like stick to your last Ben like kind of going after him and I just think nobody at Deep Root should be on Pinside defending the company or saying stuff or lighting a fire or making threats or saying you know why 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 do we get this like trickle out of like art why do we need any of this so all so here's the thing now because now all the pressure is on them to deliver something that makes all of that hyperbole worth it. So you have to ask yourself, they must know they have something that's going to blow people away or they they're going to deliver something that might be the laughing stock of the pinball industry. And even if they show something that blows people away, the other question will be, can they manufacture the game? and get it to people uh, if they get hundreds, if not thousands of orders. Uh, there's a reason why Stern is set up the way they're set up. 350 employees at Stern Pinball working every day to send pinball around the globe. Now, Deeper has indicated they will make more games than that. So how do you beat a company that has 350 employees who have been doing this for decades who know how to build these games like clockwork, how do you beat them when you haven't made a single game ever, right? It starts to get a little comical when you break it down like that. That I mean, deeper to startup versus a juggernaut. Now, look, I mean, in, in many industries, new companies have uprooted, uprooted, deep-rooted style, the, uh, you know, the incumbent, like the, the, the market leader. Right, so will Stern look like Blockbuster, and will Deep Root look like Netflix when this is all said and done? I don't think so. I'll tell you why. It's just still got to be pinball. 
it still has to be pinball. You know, there's only so much you can adjust on these games that is going to like still make it feel like pinball. Like we've seen people overreach and, and try to do too much, but from everything we're hearing, it's going to be pinball. I'm not worried. I'm not worried that, you know, that uh, Deep Root's going to come out with something that's so radically different than pinball. People are not going to be attracted to it. Uh, everything I've heard, you know, they, they've got a big mechanism. They've got crazy ramps, but the cabinet looks like a pinball machine. The emphasis is on artwork and the cabinets, and you're not going to see like some radically different like design of a, of, of a cabinet or an approach to a pinball machine. I think they're trying to make it so there's less soldering in the game or as little as possible, which amen to that. Uh, and I, I think they're going to focus a lot too on like, you know, putting the magic on the play field and reliability and the ease of working on these games. Because I think pinball machines are a nightmare for most people to lift the hood on. Okay. All right. So we'll see. We'll see. So here we are. It's July. Uh, do you believe me that Stern's going to show a new game at Comic-Con? I think it's going to happen. I definitely think that is going to occur. And so what have I learned after 365 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast? Well, a few things. A few things. Number one is always you have to play the game and make up your mind on it. Don't listen to anyone else's opinion on a game. Okay? Number two, I think a lot of manufacturers out there uh, do very little market research to understand what the appetite is for the game they're going to make. And I see it happen time and time again. And I think it's unfortunate. I'll tell you why. Because... You know, if you did just a little bit of the pre-work, it would make everything else so much more effective. So stuff like, how do you not just screen with the focus group the artwork on Oktoberfest to see if people like it or not? And then if they don't, just redo it. It's not the hardest thing to redo. But I think there's, you know, there's some of that just continues to mind boggle me in this hobby. I think the hardest thing, though, for me is this. And this is not for me. I mean, this is just like the third thing that I just am always sort of like thinking about why is it so much different now than it was back then to get it all right. And, I, and, I, and here's where I'm, I'm landing on this. The problem today is back in the day, you could put a game on location and test it and let people play it, get feedback, go back, work on it, and you didn't have to worry about spoiling the reveal of the game. There was no internet back then. There was no pin side back then. There was no way to like snap a photo of something and, and immediately the whole world like knew about it. And then all of a sudden your big plans to like reveal it were spoiled. You know, they, they were able to build stuff, put it out in the world, test it, quality control it, and not release it until it was ready to be released. And they didn't have to worry about all the dialogue and conversation and complaining. Uh, and, and, and they didn't have to worry about you know, even, even not selling well because people have already seen it or spoiling the plans of the reveal because that's just the way the world was back then. And I think nowadays it's so hard for these manufacturers to test games, to test um, stuff on location because you get one shot at creating a hype window to get sales for your game. And because of that, a lot of these games are built in silos. They're built in vacuums. They're built in privacy. And by the time the world gets the game, it's, it's either like good enough or like never going to make it. Like you're either dead on arrival with your game or your game is going to find buyers, you know, and it, and we've seen it. I mean, we've seen this happen with like, look at what happened with like Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, a game that had so much hype a year later, it's like dead on arrival. I mean, that game was not 
selling well when it finally was on the line. And we see games like Oktoberfest where, you know, you reveal the game, six months go by. You give people six months to think about it, and you don't really change the one thing that people were like, oh, it needs to be better. And there's like, there's like that's the fourth thing I want to say is like there's just the level of stubbornness in this hobby by the people who create these things uh, that is, you know, is somewhat necessary, right? This combination of my vision, my design, this is my game. Uh, versus like, well, what do people want? And who is, you know, who actually gets to uh, set the final agenda for what a game will be in the end? You know, it's like, I look at it like you need to stand over a game at some point and say, is this the best we could do? Is this the best we could do with what we had to work with? And we know, right, in, in, in all of the years we've been a part of this hobby, the best we have to work with sometimes might be a little limiting in terms of the assets you have, in terms of the art you have, in terms of the speech or the callouts. But if you stand over a game, even with the limitations, and you say, this is the best we could make with what we have, if you put your heart and soul into it, if you applied all of your passion into it and you gave it the best, I do believe that you will have a great game at the end of that conversation with yourself. Like you will, you will stand over a game and people will also see the passion in it. And I think Pirates of the Caribbean is sort of, you know, I've sort of changed my tune a little bit about that game. I mean, I think that's when you look at people's reviews of the game, I think they see that they did the absolute best with what they had. I think with Willy Wonka, I don't know if people are going to feel the same way about Wonka in like a few months the way they do about Pirates, right? Do you think Wonka is going to keep gaining in popularity or will it start to fizzle out? Where Pirates did the complete opposite. It was an upward trajectory of how excited people were feeling about the game. So we'll see. Time will tell. I don't know. It's too early to tell, right? So I think too, like the final point is this. All right, and then I got to go. I mean, I'm just sort of rambling. I have no notes. I don't do notes anymore. The easiest company to pick on is Stern Pinball. Stern Pinball is the greatest pinball company of all time. And, and, I, and I mean that when I say that. It's easy to look at, you know, the Bally Williams titles. Do I think they were better? Yes. Do I think they were more magical? Yes. Where is Bally Williams today? Where are they? What have they done for you lately? Nothing. <laughs> they decided to close the pinball business, okay? Stern Pinball is the greatest pinball company in history because they've survived throughout history. And yes, their games, some of them are great. Some of them are mediocre. Some of them are like, whatever. Yes, they charge a lot more money than I think some of those games are worth. But what would this hobby be like without them? You know, it's easy to look at Stern and nitpick. But I look at Stern and I've covered them now for a few years and I've seen Stern, out of all the companies out there, I, I see Stern as the company that listens the most and makes the most changes and gives people what they want more often than any other pinball company. They do. And it's easy to like try and, and, and sort of you know, discard that. And just say, well, no, they haven't. Like they've been, like they they've taken out the cabinet brackets, and there's like you know ghosted inserts, and there's like you know playfields like have like dimples, and you know what? Do you think that they are not trying 
to give you like the best pinball experience? Of course they are. 350 people are going into Stern Pinball every day trying to give people the most fun pinball experience. They have, now, you know, look, look, you know, and Stern is not really engaged with the community on a level that some of you would like. And by that, I mean, they're not on pin side. They're not, they're not in the weeds of like the obsessive people. And that's actually a smart marketing decision because they know something that a lot of people don't want to just like realize is that the majority of people who buy Stern pinball games are not on pin side. They're just normal people who want a fun pinball game. Most of those people wouldn't really know if the code isn't complete. Most of those people wouldn't really know uh, that the cabinets don't have metal brackets and that's that, you know, you need those. Most people wouldn't know what a dimple is. Most people would never in a million years freak out over a hairline ghosted insert, right? Most people would never in a million years look at a post by a sling that has a little like ripple effect happening and start to freak out and go on the internet and complain to all their friends about the possibilities of their playfield cracking. 95% of people who enjoy pinball, that, that, that doesn't bother them. They wouldn't even know about it. Now, this is not me giving them immunity for poor quality control at all. It's not. But I just want to say, like, without Stern, I, I, this hobby would be really boring. And the two companies that I, I'm really excited to see go back and forth are Stern and Jersey Jack. Absolutely. I love the way these two companies push each other to make the product better. And I love Spooky Pinball. I think st out of all the people out there, Spooky Pinball is like the one company that actually like grew properly, that actually grew properly. They bit off as much as they could chew during each iteration of the company. The company has evolved. The company product has, has, has become better and better with each release. There's been hurdles. There's been internal drama. There's been fighting. You know, there's been bickering, but they've delivered time and time again, right? And that's great. So Jersey Jack, Spooky, and Stern Pinball, right? And then Chicago Gaming, on top of that, giving you the old games that used to cost a fortune and giving you them in a modernized, contemporary way. What a great time to be in pinball. With just those four entities there, you will get more amazing pinball on an annual basis than we even need. Right, And then you throw in the Deep Roots and you throw in the P3 Multimorphics and you throw in the other ventures that are trying to, you know, the, uh, what we got uh, Team Pinball, we've got, uh, you know, pinball, what, uh, pinball Circus, we got, um, I, there's so many of them, I'm losing track of them. We got, what was that new one, a Cosmic Carnival, right? You got American Pinball. See, I, look, I mean, even on your hand, if you count American Pinball, huge factory they're building to make games. I mean, American Pinball is not going away. I mean, I predicted they would. American Pinball, Stern Pinball, Jersey Jack Pinball, Spooky Pinball, Chicago Gaming Company, just those five alone. Do we need that many? But we have them. I'm thankful we do. It's going to give us a lot to talk about moving forward. All right, everyone. This has been episode 365 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's a great time to be in the pinball hobby. It's an even better time to be alive in the summer of 19, 19 I was like, the, the summer of 19, I, you know, I was about to say 1969 because I'm working on a program for Woodstock's 50th anniversary uh, and Budweiser's. That's why I'm like, summer of, you know, it sucks is like for kids, like, 
you know, how awesome is like Summer of 69 as like a hook for a song? Now, 50 years later, how crappy would a song be if you wrote that song about this summer? Summer of 19. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's funny. It's like the kids being born today, they have 50 years to get to another legitimate summer of 69. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Um, anyway, it's a great time to be alive. My final thing is this, guys. Take care of yourself. Exercise. Eat healthy. Get out there. Enjoy the summer. You know how I feel. Pinball's a winter sport. Don't stay inside in dark rooms playing pinball machines in bars. Get out there. Engage with the world. And, you know, get that vitamin D from the sunshine. A lot of you are going on vacations with your families. Don't subject them to listening to pinball podcasts. If you're taking road trips, you know, use us, you know, listen to us like late at night when everyone's asleep. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for 365 episodes and for being there through so many of them. I love doing the show. I can't wait to do more of these shows and I can't wait to see what comes out from all of these manufacturers as they try to make pinball magic and orchestrate a game that we will look at and say, yup, that's why I love pinball. Have a great day, everybody. Happy